Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rome, Monticello. This service is from February the 20th, 2022, the seventh Sunday after Epiphany. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Barb Andreessen. Elector is Ivan Eden. This service is given by a donor who care enough to want the very best for Wayne Zion Lutheran Church. Join us on our website at waynezion.org for more information. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to this seventh Sunday after Epiphany. Let us begin with confession and forgiveness. You'll find this in the front of your hymnal on page 94. We begin, blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who forgives all our sin and whose mercy endures forever. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from evil. 
God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Let us sing our gathering song, Lord of glory, you have brought us.
Our service continues on page 138 in the front of your hymnal. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. A victory for our God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Worthy is Christ the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. This is a the victory for our God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Power, riches, wisdom, and strength, and honor and blessing are glory are His. This is the victory for our God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Victory for our God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. For the Lamb who, Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia. This is the it's the victory for our God. Alleluia. 
Will you join with me on this seventh Sunday after Epiphany with the prayer of the day and praying that? Will you join with me? O Lord Jesus, make us instruments of your peace. To understand and to love in your name. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us receive God's word. Good morning. The first reading is from Genesis 45, 3 through 15, 3 through 11 and 15. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. So dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold to into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve you for a remnant of earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me the father to Pharaoh, and the Lord of all his house, and the ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children, and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that they, you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And he kissed all of his brothers and wept upon them. And after his brothers talked with him, the word of the Lord. Thanks we'll read this Psalm 37, 1 through 11, 39 and 40. Do not be provoked by evildoers. Do not be jealous of those who do wrong. Put your trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and find safe pasture. Commit your way to the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord and see what God will do.
But still before the Lord and wait patiently. Do not be provoked by the one who prospers, the one who succeeds in evil schemes. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord shall possess the land. But the lowly shall possess the land, and they will delight in abundance and peace. You, O Lord, will help them and rescue them, and you will rescue them from the wicked and deliver them because you, they seek refuge. The second reading is from Corinthians 15, 35, 38, and 42 to 50. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Fool, what you sow does not come into life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you do not sow the body that is to be, but a bare seed, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it body as he has chosen, and to each kind, of seed its own body. So it is with resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, or it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. If it is sown in physical body, it is raised to a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, at last became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the physical, and then the spiritual. The first man was from his second man was from heaven and was the man of dust, so are those who are of the dust. And as it is the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne our image of the man of dust, we also bear the image of the man of heaven. What am I saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. The word of God. Our service continues on page 142 with the gospel acclamation. I'll invite the congregation to please rise. The Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. 
Glory to you, O Lord. You may be seated for the reading of the Gospel. Jesus said, But I say to you that listen, to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure that you get back. The words of Christ, the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Just a preface to share. Um, Ivan read Paul's letter at 1 Corinthians. You might want to keep this insert. It's perfect introductory into Ash Wednesday. As we begin our journey, and I'm just going to say a thank you to Rick Meyer, who has agreed to lead us in that Ash Wednesday as a family of Christ to come and to remember that there is the physical body, but there is also the spiritual body, and that from dust we come like the first Adam, but the second Adam, Christ who has been raised from the dead, is our gift and our promise, and as Pastor Gene Shipper would say, our resurrection hope. Anybody seen uh, Joseph in the amazing Technicolor dream coat? Anybody seen that? Um, I, I wonder if our high school has ever done that musical here in Monticello or Anamosa. It's a wonderful story. Do you know where it comes from? It comes right out of Genesis. It comes right out of the reading that Ivan read this morning. We have uh, 12 brothers. Joseph is the 11th one. I just want to share with you, we need to know the backstory to understand the profound epiphany that we have in this gospel found in Genesis. You, you, first of all, you remember Jacob loved Rachel upon when he first set his eyes on her and went to his father-in-law, future father-in-law Jethro, and worked the farm. And he had to work seven years in order to get his daughter's marriage. And he said, okay, you can have Leah. Jacob was a little disappointed. He had his eye on young Rachel. 
He worked another seven years. The poor guy finally married Rachel, and they were old. Rachel never married and, and stayed. Um, I think she loved Jacob too. You remember Jacob wrestled with God. And uh, supposedly the angel of the Lord, Jacob held on to him. Even though he knocked his socket, uh, his hip socket out, which is the reason that they never, never eat from the lamb uh, of the hip. And uh, he wants God to reveal God's self to him. And he doesn't, but he says, you have wrestled and struggled with God and you have won. And so he changed Jacob's name. Does anybody know? Say that loudly. Israel. Confirmation students. Look at what these people know. And these are the things that we talk about in confirmation. Israel. Israel had 12 sons. How many tribes were there in Israel? 12. Okay, so Joseph is number 11. And Joseph is loved by Israel. He is the first son born of the union between Jacob, Israel, and Rachel. And they would have two sons. First is Joseph, the second is Benjamin. Benjamin was the youngest. Now God, God used Joseph in a mighty way. How many of you dream? I can never really remember them. I get bits and pieces. How many of you dream in color? Well, if my dad was sitting here, he would be raising his hand. I mean, vivid. My poor mom. It'll be 2.30 in the morning. Bring the crane this way! And she jumps out of bed. <laughs> Joseph has this wonderful image, these dreams. And I wonder if God didn't tell Joseph to share it with his brothers. Or was there, was there something about Joseph that he kind of... Lloyd it up, L-O-L-A-U-D, Lloyd, it over his brothers. Was he, how many have had one of those brothers or one of those sisters in the family that he or she is just a, a know-it-all and they can do anything and mom and dad look the other way? Anybody been there? <laughs> I see pointing of fingers, hands going up. He was a rascal. Oh, I had this dream, and he's sharing with his brother. You brothers of mine, you're going to bow down at me. Ooh, they hated Joseph. Hated him with a passion. He would have these dreams, and he would share them with his brothers, and it was all about him. They would have to worship him. They would, they would have to call him Lord. Well, to top this off, Jacob, who is Israel, makes this beautiful long coat with sleeves, now, I don't know if it was technicolor and multicolor. I think that's Disney kind of putting a spin on it, but a beautiful coat. And you wore uh, long garments. And this just stood out. And Joseph was so proud, and he shows his brothers, and they hate him even more. He was uh, 17 years old. Brothers had been putting up with this since the day he was born. Benjamin, not so much, but Joseph. And uh, 
The uh, ten younger brothers had been out taking Israel's herd, their sheep. Uh, they went to Shechem, a wonderful valley in the Fertile Crescent. Um, if you were to go to the Holy Land, you just wouldn't believe it as you're driving out of, Jer out of Jerusalem. And then all of a sudden you get to the northern part and it's just the luscious, the greenest. It's just unbelievable. So they were in Shechem. They were in this valley and the sheep were eating away and getting fat. But for some reason, I don't know, the brothers got bored with Shechem and so they decided to take the herd into Dothan. And... Uh, Anyway, Israel was getting a little bit worried. He hadn't gotten word back. Usually one of the boys comes home and kind of reports things, grabs uh, maybe a meal and takes it back out. He has not heard anything for a while. So he comes to Joseph, who's 17 years old, and he says to uh, J Joseph, I want you to go find your brothers in the, in the flock. I haven't heard from them in a while. Will you go? The last place I knew that they were at was in the valley of Shechem. And so Joseph goes off. And Joseph is, you know, he's... He's that happy guy. He's probably picking up stones and throwing them and whistling, maybe even playing a flute. And then he finally gets to Shechem and he's looking all around and his brothers are nowhere to be found and he talks to the people who are there and they said, have you seen Israel's uh, family? Uh, they got the flock. They came down here. Oh yeah, they went up to Dothan. You, you can find them further to the north. And so he goes off. And there they are. Joseph sees them. He sees them. And one of the brothers, I don't know if they can smell him or sense that he's in the county. Do you get that? Uh, they're coming for Thanksgiving. Oh my. And we take our Valium, right? So he's, uh, he's in the county. One of them identifies, here comes Joseph. We've about had it with this guy. We can't even go off and raise the flock without this guy messing with our bailiwick. They start to conspire. Their anger is so heated, they haven't even been around Joseph for some time. He just shows up, and their temperature just goes up to here, and they plot to kill him. I mean, kill him. Thank God for Reuben, Israel's oldest son, Reuben. We are not going to shed, shed blood here. Okay, we'll dig a pit and we'll throw him in it, but we're not going to kill him. And so they lower him down into this pit. They seized him, stripped him of his long coat with the wonderful long sleeves, threw it aside, and they put him in a pit. And uh, I don't know if Reuben was off with the flock, and he comes back, and he looks into the pit, and Joseph is gone. The brothers said, the Ishmaelites were through here on their way to Egypt. We sold them for 20 pieces of silver. He's off to be a slave. 20 pieces of silver reminds me of the story of Jesus. Judas sold him off for 30 pieces of silver. Betrayal. Money. Reuben tears his robe. And because he's Reuben and he's the oldest, how many of us are oldest sons or oldest daughters? 
we always got a way to figure it out, right? Hey, I'm that Mr. Fix-It. And so they take that coat and they slaughter one of Israel's sheep. And they sprinkle blood all over that coat and then they shred it. Oh, they enjoyed shredding that coat. They gather it up. Reuben says, okay. They, they, they're finished. It's time to bring the flocks home. Joseph hasn't come back. We need to uh, tell dad. We need to head back. Reuben presents the shredded coat with blood. And Reuben and the boys share with dad, on our way back, we discovered this. We recognized this robe to be Joseph's. Did you send him out to us? Yes, I did. It looks like he has been devoured by a wild animal. Israel falls to his knees. He rips his coat. He weeps. He weeps. His beloved son, the one he had with Rachel, is dead. In the meantime, Joseph is being carried off to Egypt. Who else, soon after the census was taken and was born in Bethlehem and word got out to King Herod, not the same Herod at the time of Jesus' trial some 30 years later, but where does the Holy Family go? They leave the Holy Land and they head to Egypt. Why is it that Egypt keeps showing up? And so Joseph goes down to Egypt, and I don't want to tell you the whole story, but he's an interpreter of dreams. Anything he touches, the Lord blesses, and Pharaoh makes him EDA, Egypt's Department of Agriculture Chair. I love that. Agronomy. He studies. Pharaoh has this, this dream. There's going to be seven years of skinny cows, and there are going to be seven years of fat cows. What does this mean? I'm kind of, you're, you're, you're getting the cliff notes. Joseph says there's going to be seven years of good years. Reversed it. And then there's going to be seven years of great famine. What do we need to do? Joseph says, we're going to build the first grains for wheat that they have in Iowa down there. And so they start storing up food. And they build grains. And they build grains. And they build grains. And they store up. And they've got wheat and grain to make bread. Meanwhile, back, back in Israel and, and his tribe, Starvation is setting in. And he finally says, I've heard that Pharaoh down in Egypt has a great abundance of grain. We need you to go. And he sends them with sacks and he sends them with money and he tells his brothers to go. And who do they run into when they come into Egypt but the czar of the land, the second in command of all Egypt, the director 
of the Egyptian Department of Agriculture, which meant life over death. And Joseph recognizes his, his ten brothers. He notices that Benjamin isn't with. Because you know what? Israel's not going to let go of Benjamin. He knows what happened to Joseph. He's not going to let go of Benjamin. And so they go on down. They don't recognize Joseph. I mean, he's, he's got the signa ring. He's got jewels. He's probably aged a little bit. It's been 13 years since they've seen him. Who knows? He might have a long beard. They don't recognize him, but Joseph recognizes his brothers. And he says, tell me about you. Where do you come from? And they share and they say, our father is Jacob, who is Israel. We have 11, well, we have 12 brothers, one no more. They keep saying one no more, one no more, and the youngest. Where is the youngest? Oh, he's not here. He's back with dad. Oh. Well, how do I know if you're telling the truth? For I don't know you. He says, I'm going to jail one of you. You will be in jail. The rest of you can go. I'm going to fill up your sacks. We're also going to bring animals. And we're going to put sacks on those animals and we're going to feed your family. And so they go back. They get back home. They open up the sacks. There's the money that they had originally brought down to pay for the grain. And Israel has to deal with another son who is not there. They go through the grain and it's time for them to go back because they need more. Otherwise the family will starve. And here they come. But they have to come with Benjamin. That's the deal. That's the only way that they're going to be able to get the brother out of jail if Benjamin comes and they're all there except the one who's no more. And so they come back. They still don't recognize him. He loads them up. He goes, well, you must be telling the truth. He lets the brother out of jail. He loads them all up. He tells his servant, I want you to take my silver cup. I want you to take my silver cup and I want you to plant it in Benjamin's sack. And then I want you to put the money back on top of it. Then I'm going to send my guard before they leave the border, before they get out of Egypt, and we're going to search all those sacks. And in Benjamin, they find the golden, or the silver, excuse me, the silver cup. And Benjamin is arrested on the spot and taken back to Joseph. Can you imagine? The brothers lost it. They said, take me, sacrifice me, not Benjamin. And they all, they all come back. Here's where we pick up the gospel that Ivan read in Genesis. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father still alive? They say nothing. They're, they're like dumbfounded. But the brothers could not answer him. So dismayed were they at his presence. Can you imagine? Then Joseph said to his brothers, come closer. The fear that they must have experienced. Come closer to me. And they did. 
And he said, I'm your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For what you meant for evil, God meant for good. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth. Do you remember the promise made to Abraham? And to keep you alive, and because of you many will survive. And so it was not you who sent me, but it was God. He has made me Father, Lord, to Pharaoh. Second command. Pharaoh would go to Joseph as a son would go to a father for advice. That's what that father means. And the Lord of all of his house and the ruler over all the land of Egypt, he held the, the highest authority Hurry, hurry, and go up to my father and say to him, Thus your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all of Egypt. Come on down to me. Do not delay. For you will settle in the land of Goshen, and you will be near me, and you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flock and your herds and all that you have. I will provide for you there. And then the most amazing thing happened. Joseph went up to each brother and embraced them and kissed them and wept over them. Who forgives that much? And then we see in the story of our gospel for today, what is this forgiving abundance of love? Who can do this? It is a story of God's love for you, for me. It is repeated over and over and over again in the Bible. Isn't it interesting that gospel lies right there in the beginning in Genesis, and we see it again in the gospels, and we hear of Paul writing about the resurrection. And in today's gospel lesson, is the epiphany of God's kingdom among us. I want you to know that you have God in you. You are able to forgive. And I ask you to forgive yourself first. Forgive yourself first. So that you can go on and forgive others. Where there is hatred, so love. If you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? For even sinners love those who love them, said Jesus. No, love your enemies. Pastor, that's hard to do. We've lived all our lives here in Wayne Township in Jones County. The grudges go deep. Let it start with you today, with God strengthen you and to forgive. Love your enemies. Do good. Lend to others, expecting nothing in return. Don't judge. Oh, don't judge. We don't know the other person's story. We have not walked in their shoes. It's easy when we work at the food pantry to judge, isn't it? They pull up with that big Buick, with the cigarettes right here, and the tattoos from here to here. 
you don't know their story. They're hungry. It is not for us to judge. Rather forgive. And be forgiven. For here is where the kingdom of God begins in our midst. Heaven on earth. I invite you now to turn to page 87 in the front of your hymnal. This is where I'm going to bring this to conclusion. Page 87, you will see spiritual life and you'll see a second prayer from the top. The prayer attributed to Francis Assisi. You see it there? The top of page 87 in the front of your hymnal? And I'm going to invite you to rise. And I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Oh, we need this prayer. Will you join me? Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Let us sing our hymn of the day. We'll remain standing for that.
Remaining standing, let's turn to page 105 in the front of your hymnal and share our faith as found in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is poured out upon us in abundance, and so we're bold to pray for the church, the world, and all that God has made. You teach us to love our neighbors and our enemies alike. Encourage your church to follow the leading of your love, especially when it's risky or difficult. Help us to show mercy just as we have first received mercy. God of grace, nurture fields that lie dormant, resting until it's time to bloom again. Bless our farmers and all who cultivate fields. Give favorable weather for planting. Bring forth from buried seed an abundant harvest and guard against famine and disease. God of grace, look upon our world with mercy that we delight in abundance of peace. Protect all whose lives are marred by war and civil unrest. God of grace, your people cry out for mercy. Console hearts that long for forgiveness. Mend broken relationships. Heal bodies that suffer chronic pain or illness. We especially lift before you Carol, Gwen, Kalinda, and her mother Bonnie, Marty, Jim, Karen, Floyd, and Jay, Marlene, Jim, and Digger. God of grace. You bind us together into one family. So often, Lord, I've heard Wayne Zion called a family. Teach us to forgive one another and to resolve conflicts with humility and patience, knowing that you bear that burden within us. Bless families of all sizes and shapes and show love to those who are lonely or grieving. God of grace. We praise you for the saints who have inherited the fullness of your kingdom as you have raised them to imperishable and eternal life. Sustain us in our faith by the promise of the resurrection hope, God of grace. Since we have such a great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these and all our prayers spoken and unspoken to you in confidence and faith through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. Before we go to the offering, I want to invite Carol and, uh, and Glenn Hine forward at this time. We have a light shining on this beautiful banner. And before I go, I want us to have an opportunity to dedicate this. We will be seeing this banner a lot. But before I say much more, I know Carol, who approached me, I think it was almost a year ago, 
And uh, she worked with Barb on this and did some research. And so I know she's shy. You're all friends, right? If she doesn't look at you and talk, is that okay? Okay, you just tell me the story, Carol, and they'll hear it if you hold it up. Well, um, I was going to make this banner, and this came to my mind, to God be the glory, and I thought that's perfect for 150th. And I knew it was a hymn, but it isn't in our hymnals. Um, so I Googled it, and it was, writ it was a hymn, and it was written by Fanny Crosby, and it was published in 1875, and it is believed to have been written in 1872. So I thought, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All of these banners that you see, uh, Carol has uh, been involved with them. We had, you worked with somebody, um, I, is her name's on the tip of my tongue, I know it. Kelly, maybe you can help me. Um, uh, a Bowman uh, daughter, and uh, you did uh, a baptismal. Yeah. Yeah, do you remember? Yeah, that's been a long time ago. Long time ago, but it's neat yeah. to have your names on the back. Oh. Back of that. Who is that? Becky. 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 Thank you. Glenn, I know you're a man who always have words, so I'm going to give you an opportunity. <laughs> Glenn was the guy that I found when I first came here. He's the one who would put up the banners and take them down. And uh, so, anything you want to say, Glenn? <laughs> I, I just do it. Okay. Let's give them a wonderful round of applause. I'm going to invite you to come forward here. Come over here. Come on over here, Glenn and, and Carol, by the banner. Kind of stand by it. I'll stand on the other side. Uh, Liz, if you want to take a picture, this would be a good one. Um, as we. All righty. Well, let us, let us, okay, there you go. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, our King of the universe. You have enriched our lives of every good and perfect gift. And you have bestowed upon the gift of sowing to Carol. And she has shared that wonderful gift with this congregation for so many years. And you command us to show your splendor of your creation to all of your children. And I give thanks that Carol has been bold enough to share her gifts and her talents with us. Amen. We accept this banner made by Carol which we offer in thanksgiving, may it serve to increase the vision of your glory, to remind us of your goodness over these 150 years, and to support our calling as a congregation in worship, in your spirit, and in your truth. Bring us all at the length of your perfect kingdom, where you live and reign with your Son and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Carol and Glenn, thank you again for sharing with us. Thank you for their offering. Now we'll receive your offerings this time. Um, Nolan in Boston.
Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, sovereign of the universe. You offer us new beginnings and guide us on our journey. Lead us to your table, nourish us with this heavenly food, and prepare us to carry your love to a hungry world. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. I invite you to rise. Gathered into one with the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Come to the God's table. There is a place for you and enough for all. I invite the ushers to come forward at this time to help me in serving our communion. Let us pray. We give you thanks, gracious God, for you have feasted on the abundance of, we have feasted on the abundance of your house. Send us to bring good news and to proclaim your favor to all. Strengthen with the riches of your grace in your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Receive this blessing. God who leads you in pathways of righteousness, who rejoices over you, and celebrates the gifts that he has imparted with you, and who calls you by name, and who blesses you now and forever. You're going out and you're coming in, today and forevermore. Amen. Let us sing our sending hymn, 603.
Go with Christ into a weary world. Share the good news. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress, all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.